0: Right. Right. Welcome back to the Secret Strength Podcast. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to be doing another one of our Q&As, our questions and answers. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully the first on YouTube. Yeah. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll understand that it's the first.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just can't see you. Um. All right. So we're going to jump straight into it with Q&As. So, of course, our Patreons on the Q&A podcast get first dibs they get their questions answered first yeah Uh, just for two dollars a month it's one of the benefits they get now they don't get a whole lot of benefits it's more (laughs) of um a metaphorical supporting of us or
0: emotional support
1: emotional support yeah yeah. you buy like the batteries and stuff and um we do so one of the reasons we also set up the patreon is um people ask for form checks a lot but like sometimes people just want form checks exclusively just form checks because they have their own program their own coach yeah but we don't... Uh, there's many reasons we don't offer that, but some of them being kind of... It's not uh, It's not really business feasible, I suppose, is one of them. It's also a little bit, from a coaching point of view, it's a bit unethical in some ways because uh, form checks will only get you so far without a solid program. And without a... good. For taking someone's money, you, you know you're not going to be... Giving someone a form check and taking for, let's say, if we charge 30 euro a month or something, you're basically they might as well be lying down on their back with shit in their hands and clapping for all it's worth in some ways, you know. So obviously form help will help a lot, but without a solid program, it's going to go nowhere. So, but whereas when we know people are on our programs and they have their weekly form checks, including the program, they're going good. But then also people on Patreon are just paying a minute. It's just a token amount of money. So it's just a little bit of gratitude
0: then to help them with their form checks, you know. Yeah. But, but anyway... Uh, so I think we have two or three Patreon questions lined up. Two questions. And then we'll be on to the the general population after that. All right. So
1: first one is from Mark. Mark wants to know, how much contact is too much contact? I feel stronger. Contact is more powerful, but loops bar. Whereas clipping bar results in much straighter bar path, but feels weaker. Excuse me. Particularly snatch. I'll take this So Dara has um, We actually got asked this ages ago I remember on one of the Instagram ones Yeah And I know you have an answer Just (laughs) budding to be released I hope I
0: give an answer Similar to the one I gave last time Yeah go for it Uh, So if you take like Anecdotally what you tend to see When you have lifters uh, And they're Banging the bar a lot Or they're aware of Banging the bar Versus brushing the bar Usually they're putting Too much into the bar Very rarely you'll get somebody Who's like Perfectly brushing off the bar Or making the right amount Of contact and then bringing that up as a question. Usually it's like someone's fucking smashing the bar, swinging it around in a semicircle, and then catching it. So what I'd say is if it's an issue for you, you just need to video it from the side. And if you get a big deviation, so if the bar is passing kind of like outside the line of your toes or maybe it's passing two or three inches outside the line of your toes from directly side on, you know you're putting too much hips into the bar and you should be brushing the bar more than banging the bar. Uh, an interesting kind of note on this is so like most of the time you see Chinese lifters or people will use Chinese weightlifters as the the case of like brushing the bear or like not banging the bear, mm-hmm. like really smooth at the hip. So there's they've done biomechanical studies and compared Chinese versus Russian lifters and they compare the amount of deviation, so like uh, back to front deviation like how much you're pushing the bear away from you and everybody like if you look at the two curves you would swear on your life that the people not banging the bear are graph A and the people banging the bear are graph B because you've got this huge big loop in the bear where they're kind of pushing it away from themselves after it leaves the hip and that's actually the people who don't make contact because the contact offers like a transfer of force that you don't get when you don't make any contact if you get what I mean So what I'd say is, if you're asking the question, you are very, very likely to be making too much contact. You need to go and video yourself directly from the side, pick some sort of vertical marker. Ideally, if there's like bricks on the wall behind you, you just need to see how far out the bar is pushing in front of you after you make contact. If that distance is more than kind of four inches, you're hitting the bar too much of your hips. I think
1: sometimes when people think of brushing the bar, they kind of have an idea, you know. We've all seen, <clears throat> you know, like Yuri Verdinian or his son Nork Verdinian. and you kind of see there's um, it's very armsy kind of pull. So yeah. it's it's like knees come back an awful lot, knees don't shift back under the bar, and we kind of have a brush of upper thigh, and it's a lot of armsy pull. Now of course for Urick and uh Norik, it worked incredibly well of obviously. Yeah. Uh Yuri's like one of the top I think it's top three Sinclairs of all time or top five Sinclairs to he clean and jerk like two twenty at like eighty two or something crazy like that. Something phenomenal. But uh but I think that's the that's the vision I think a lot of people have in their heads. So when they see brushing the bar, what ends up happening though is the difference between those people and everyone else is Yuri yeah. and say son Norick continue to use their legs as much as possible whereas when people think about brushing the bar it's almost like a no contact snatch there's yeah. no leg on there's no leg drive there's no leg extension there's no explosion and like there's no use of hamstrings or quads people just kind of pull with ease. and so there's armsies so ease all the way <laughs> so you end up with a very your bar path obviously goes a little bit shitty because the, the muscles in your arms are a lot weaker in yeah. your legs and your lower back and your hamstrings
0: and obviously, the speed would slow down an awful lot. So. Another another point when you have people who don't make contact or they're not good at making contact at the hip, yeah, they'll tend to almost slow down as they're coming into the bear. So they're concentrating so much on not banging the bear with their hips that they'll yep. go really, really fast off the floor. Then the bear slows down. Then they do whatever they do, whether it's make contact or not make contact, and then get under the bear. And like any time where the bear is decelerating during the pull. Is very very
1: bad and uh, obviously so gabriel stops well i don't know if he's publicly mentioned on his instagram or anything but he's like he's talked to us about how he doesn't think about making contact in the clean yeah and he's like thinking about what gabriel says he thinks about in his head is that he uses his back and his legs as much as he can in equ- equilibrium basically so he wants to use his back his legs move the bar and he wants his back in the perfect position he says and he said they're perfectly balanced off the floor yeah, and that ends up with him making the contact he makes. But he said he doesn't think about making contact. But he's like he's not driving into the bar. Like if you watch the bar with Gabriel when he's lifting, you don't really see now with of other elite lifters you do. But I'm just talking about Gabriel in this case. You don't see the plates kind of rattle at the end. You know if you watch the point of contact, that's because Gabriel is the explosion and the smoothness of his pull is just yeah. Like if you watch that 217, we we're just talking about it yesterday from from Rio. Like it's. It's just the thing of it's offensive how good it is. <laughs>
0: so I think a lot of the rattling you tend to see here the kind of uh yeah. Joe that like vibrating of the bear, it tends to be people's timing of when they're catching it. Like Joe, you know, they're yeah smashing the shit out of it, then they have no control in the turnover and then they're like catching it on the way down rather than kind of driving up into the bear to catch it. Also the Chinese um
1: make a very strong contact, like even in their cleans, they make as much contact in their clean at the hip, as most people would in the snatch, you know. Yeah,
0: I think the difference with the Chinese, they're they're so reclined back, mm-hmm. like their shoulders are pointed directly behind them when they make contact. Yeah, like their deviation from where their shoulder line starts is massive.
1: Yeah, I think the the Soviet protocol for technique shoulder deviation is like plus or minus fifteen centimeters total. Whereas, so basically nothing. Yeah, like the <laughs> like the idea is you move the the smallest amount, of joint angles move in the lift whereas then the Chinese have rather than basically I think what it's described as is the Asian pull is kind of adapting the bar to the way your body wants to move Yes, as opposed to adapting your body to the way it's theoretical that the the bar would move in the most optimal direction you know (laughs) so but then we've I think we've someone
0: like Gabriel then who's like a good mix a hybrid yeah and what a hybrid what a hybrid yeah and that's like Look, that's the technique we're trying to get everyone to use. Who we coach, there's um, like yeah, that's like the model we want. You know, you don't want it to be all muscle and all tension like you yeah. see in a Chinese lifter, and then you don't want somebody who's just fucking smashing the bar with their hips either. Like uh, I mentioned that recently,
1: that um, the Chinese use a lot of upper body in the pull. Yeah. So look if if you look at like ten Tao's or even lose a snatch, after the second pull there's no it's not a dynamic pull under it's still a lot of pulling up with their upper yeah, body you know, yeah. and of course it works for those but if you look at someone like Tanto, uh he misses what half, he's missed half of all of his international lifts um Lou has gotten more kind of it looks more must like more of a pulley later in his career, yes, and he's missed a lot of snatches now like yeah. he's not snatching you know it's some there's an argument made that the Russian pulled in however was based on performance enhancers and that's how it developed because they used so much performance yeah, yeah. you know when the Soviet literature started that how has anyone such strong hamstrings that you can be at like <laughs> 178 degree knee extension yeah basically fully straight legs with like 230 kilos yeah and then all you're left with is hopping forward to the bar and to the cleaning it you know yeah but then of course I i don't think the Chinese was developed without doping either like no so,
0: no no alright to get back to Mark and his question yeah uh, ideally, right? Yeah. So you're on the left-hand side of the platform, you set your phone up or your camera or whatever looking straight on down the barbell. Then on the opposite side of the platform, level with your phone and level with the barbell, you have like a PVC pipe yep. that's set down into the middle of like two or three 20 kilo plates. Yep. So you get the the pipe running directly vertical in line with the bar. So then when you're watching the snatch you should see the centre line of the barbell moving straight up in accordance with that like the PVC pipe now is no way touching the bar it's like two or three feet away from the platform but it's just like a nice reference marker behind uh, and then when you're reviewing the video if you start to see that that centre line of the barbell is directly on the PVC pipe the whole time or just small deviations you're pretty okay, you can keep making contact or as much contact or as aggressively at the hip as you can. But if you start to see these big deviations where that bar is looping around in like a half moon or a semicircle shape you need to start thinking about maybe altering your technique.
1: I would say as well and I know some people will probably jump to a conclusion from what I was talking about there is like why don't you download um, a, a bar pad tracker app or something software like that. And See the problem with those is, is so you have like the theoretical Optimal bar
0: paths, right? But I just, it's just not really applicable for most people. I think you can get a bit of paralysis through analysis as well. Yeah. No, I think it's very important for you to be able to go and do your like 70 or 80% lifts and be like, this one was good by the feel of it. This one was bad by the feel of it. Absolutely. Because they're much more
1: repeatable than. Yeah. See, what the bar path trackers were originally designed for was for studying elite lifters at competition so they could get a synopsis of kind of what optimal technique seems to be and what the bar pad would look like yeah it's not really a consistent training tool so the bar speed one actually is quite useful but actual bar pad is not something that i would be trying to look for because if you look for an optimal bar pad it might look optimal but it's very possible that it's not optimal for you to lift that way so the bar pad might be the theoretical s-curve we see you know but it may not be
0: i think the best way for you to lift where that kind of software comes in well is if you have a lifter who's been lifting for maybe depending on how talented they are what age they are but maybe eight months 12 months and they're kind of starting to get the movement yeah and then you can you can use this as a tool just to like display certain concepts to them rather than it being like a little training tool or a training crutch almost do you get what I mean? Like it's if you use it, it's a, nice to, to display a concept, but it's not really something you need to be using all the time.
1: It could be something you use as a coach if you do have the luxury of seeing your lifter very regularly and you, you have, say, like Darren's saying a young talented lifter, and if you met like do a bar pat, don't show it to him. Don't even really mention them if you don't want to. But if you just checked it every six months
0: and see yeah. how it's developing. Yeah, I think that should be enough. Or if like if you make a technical change, yeah. If you like change grip with uh, change stance with change something that's going to make like mechanical differences in, in the top of the pull. Yeah. Uh you might check it then, but I don't think it's it's something you need to be checking a lot. I do like bar speed for more advanced lifters, but then again, obviously, it's 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 a luxury rather than yeah. necessities. And uh, I think bar speed can be very very useful in seeing how fatigued someone is. Yeah. Joe, you know, or like how effective a certain block of training has been, or a certain strength phase, or whatever it is. Uh, but it's not real, like like you said. It's not something you're going to use every day. And
1: obviously, bar speed you can be faster, but not better. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Next question is from Sammy. Sammy wants to know, hi Sammy, excuse me. He's dirty, a heartburn getting me. I don't have heartburn, by the way. <laughs> what snatch variation, for example, no hook, no contact, no feet, etc. Do you feel personally helps you boys at the most? Okay. Well, so this would obviously be a case-by-case case basis, like what, mm-hmm. what is your issue? So if I were talking snatch, one I have I like lately for people who do loop the bar following out. What from
0: about from yourself?
1: Uh, In the last eight years, what's your favourite one been? I'll give you the one I'm talking about first. Right. Then, so for people who loop a bar, I like warming up with just a normal snatch, but with no hook grip. Right. Obviously no straps as well. Yeah. So you still, you're still kind of moving the same but it just helps a little bit with that less, less swingy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. And obviously it's not changing the lift too much. The one thing I would say with no hook grip lifts is I don't like going
0: heavy with them. No, I Kay. don't think you need to go heavy with them. But I think people have a habit of going heavy with them. People love doing, oh, I maxed out my no hook, no feet today. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why did you do that? Because like technique is really
1: specific, specific to percentages. I just got sick in the back of my mouth. You're about to like... <laughs> You know, you're changing how how they feel and what you're learning at them. But as a lighter tool.
0: To be honest, I think that's a mistake people make across the board when they do complexes. Yeah. Joe, they do a complex to try and fix something. But in essence, they just do a complex to auto-regulate themselves from hitting their max. And they just end up maxing on the complex and doing that instead. And sometimes people get crazy close to complexes. Yeah. Or crazy close to their 1RM snatch from
1: the floor with these complexes. So I'm going to say the one you've heard me talk about a lot because a lot of our, our audience is like amateur, beginner, lower intermediate. Yeah. And it's two high-pulls, one snatch. Yeah. It just fails to... I saw someone stole that recently actually a few weeks ago. and am posting the gram. I'll tell you what it's after. And... It? I'll tell you what. We're live.
0: <laughs> oh shit. We're um, <laughs> out there watching.
1: So it, the reason I like this one is because it teaches you as full extension teaches you not to swing the bar and it helps you learn how to use your upper body okay right so the caveat with using this complex is to not go too heavy so I like to start at below 75% for people yeah above 5 sets and then as soon as it seems to fix itself you get rid of the complex
0: yeah on that point with that complex doing those at lighter weights makes so much sense and like especially for that one because when you start getting up around like 85% yeah uh, like you're doing 3 pulls so you just see people rocking back and like yeah, shrugging the bar, Joe. Yeah. Like, and like their head stays forward. They throw their shoulders back. They're on their heels. Little dippy poodles. Yeah, they're doing nothing with the first two high pulls. Yeah. So keep it like very, very
1: light. Very light. Yeah. So I like to start below 75% and then I do like to progress the weights for maybe three to four weeks. But a lot of times I see people when they do this after like one or two sessions, it's enough. Yeah. See, the problem with high pulls is it teaches you the wrong idea in some ways. Yeah. But if you don't know any idea, it's a good way to teach you a certain idea,
0: okay? Yeah. What's yours? Mine is one snatch, one snatch balance. Yeah, you love that. And one overhead squad. Great one. Yeah, and I think it works. So it works for a huge group of people because it works for, uh take your average crossfitter whose overhead positions aren't great mm-hmm. uh, and the catching of the snatch and catching like full snatches and inverted commas is like very difficult for them they might power snatch 10 kilos more than their full snatch so it teaches them to be very very comfortable with a bar overhead it reinforces the motor pattern of pressing up into the bar rather than just like melting yourself and crumbling underneath the bar like yeah. a little fish Yeah, uh, and then it's like just really gets good motor patterns for the actual overhead squat because I think a lot of the time people pull the bar to their hip smash it as hard as they can and then they're like shit 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 shit, shit. Yeah. oh I got that one so I I really like it then for myself because that overhead position is just hard for me
1: I think I think the note as well is that um a lot of our views on what's best is influenced by our almost exclusive dealings with amateur to intermediate yeah. weightlifters and crossfitters and yeah, people trying yeah. to learn weightlifting you know these aren't uh, it's easy sometimes
0: to think about what we're saying you're like why would so- like tantau do those and he wouldn't you know yeah and i think like when you look at like remember we i don't know why fucking miso even calls this to miso complex but it's no he does it does he yeah or that's an One probably is fair yeah, yeah his brother did it before him uh so it's like no foot power clean two no foot Hang power cleans straight, and then, like, straight, straight into
1: it. a push press, but all of it straight into it.
0: Yeah, and there's no gaps, it's like really smooth, almost no contact, like, really, really brushed contra- contact. Yeah, no foot movement. Yeah, uh, very, very slick. And it works really well for his, his turnover and stay in contact with the bar on like the third pull of the clean. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't give that. To anybody who's not No Five years down the line Like he, he's um, You couldn't possibly get the weights That would be Significant enough No No way And I I think you just give yourself Bad habits Yeah for sure So you'd you start doing like A barbell cycling thing Where you're just like Banging it off your quad um, So like that that, that, for, for me Like a word of warning there When you're looking at complexes And like Yeah When people ask these questions You don't need to be going Looking for complexes That Time Tower is doing Or Like advanced lifters are doing you know you need to see what will fix what you're doing wrong and do those
1: complexes somebody from I think they're in a Taiwan University weightlifting say a lot of times the provincial Chinese teams come train with them and he said basically all they do until they're like on the national team yeah is a complex of like um it's something like one high pull, one snatch, one hang snatch, and an overhead squat or something all the time or something yeah. like that. That would make sense if you're planning. That would make perfect sense. If you're planning for a 20 year career of weightlifting, that yeah. would just be a doozy. Uh, so for me personally, it seems you asked what I think the best snatch complex <laughs> is right now is just doing full snatches. Yeah. You the know, like. The, the best complex there is. Dar was asking me yesterday. He's like, Do you, we're just talking about my clean. And while it is getting better, I'm still not. I'm still missing something. I'm sure I'll figure it out, but. I was saying what i do I wonder is it time is it is there room for a complex in the clean, and I think
0: after eight years, I just need to do clean and jerks, yeah, I suppose like to give it a bit of context, yeah, like your training at the moment is snatch singles, clean and jerk singles, and a front squat every day or multiple times a day for multiple waves at fairly high weights for many months, yeah, for eight you like you've been doing this for a long time, so uh our kind of like how we coach people tends to be you use singles or doubles as like a test to see how their technique is then you give them complexes you give them volume and you give them some intensity to try and fix those issues and then you use singles or doubles to kind of hone the blade again like yeah uh, and sure I suppose what we're like the question posed to girl would be like oh you've identified an issue do you think there's a complex that could help that which is like there probably is, mm-hmm. but the best way for you to try and fix that is probably just singles at the moment.
1: I can't imagine how much doing volume now would would absolutely destroy me. Yeah,
0: like if I. To but do, you're like, you're extremely deep into a realization phase, not a building phase. Like, I don't know what
1: to even call it—a realization phase anymore, because I'd imagine it's um it will be the vast bulk of my training from here on until yeah forever more. Until I die, so it's likely to be another. <laughs> Until you explode <laughs> A month or two of um, Prep stuff again In the future of course Yeah But There's just um,
0: That's how it be That's it's how the cookie crumble
1: Seems to be working very well What's the next question? Alright so we put up This thing in our story And it was um, If you Respond in five minutes You can dictate the side of the podcast Basically we're just talking about Ask a question So How should I uh, Jump training ne- Next training system review Where do I find Weightlifting science? Right, right. I'll get the jump training in. Been All reading right. a lot of jumping lately. Don't. I'm just going to... Yeah. <laughs> 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 sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I would think... See, <clears throat> I genuinely have read, I'd say, um, in the last two months I've read, just for some reason. Just sometimes you pick a random topic and you just want to... Jeez, you don't get obsessed with things, do you? I know, I don't. Um, <laughs> no, just doing a lot of investigation, I suppose. Yeah. Into jumping. Because basically, the long story short is... Uh, as you can well imagine, the amount of. Where do you start? So basically, you, you see all those plyometrics on YouTube. They're not plyometrics, first of all. Yeah. So you see them on Instagram. You see lads Lepin. doing like clapping push ups and stuff, you know? Yeah. Or you see lads. um ah,
0: push up is a bit of a plyometric.
1: Doing lunge. Or jumping lunges. Jumping lunges. And these aren't plyometrics. Do you know what they actually call these? They just call Go them on. jumps. Yeah, because this prepares you for plyo, real plyometrics. That's yeah. what. Um, that's what like the fucking the father plyometrics for the boys, shock shocking whatever his full name is. You do jumps to prepare for plyometrics. Yeah, because ply that's
0: not plyometrics, you know. So plyometrics is training of stretch shortening cycle exclusively motor units. That's it.
1: The word has been butchered.
0: Yeah, the word's been butchered by fucking calisthenics people. And
1: um, so basically, when you're you're doing plyometrics, true plyometrics would be exclusively trying to train the stretch shortening cycle. Yeah. So for most people, so Darren mentioned previously in, was it a podcast or a, Q or a Q&A episode? I'm not too sure. He mentioned that the UK SCA recommend that you have a double bodyweight back squat before yeah. you
0: attempt plyometrics. Yeah, so that's like one of the leading strength conditioning conditioning associations in the world. Legit certification. It's hard they, to guess. Yeah, they are the legit certification. So like NSCA is, is the US body and then the UK SCA, is for the UK and Europe, and like it, kind of is the one that's recognised
1: all over the world. For for most people with any kind of involvement in strength conditioning, if you said you're the UKACA, people would um would would know what it is, and they yeah, would be.
0: It's a seventeen percent pass rate first time.
1: It's like the IPF for powerlifting. Yeah, yeah, it's just you like it brings thing.
0: a legitimacy to uh to a coaching standard really. Yeah. So like they've written a lot of stuff, they've released a lot of stuff, they have a lot of literature around plyometrics and general strength training. Uh, speed training, endurance, aerobic training, all these things. Uh, and they have like a really nice stepped-out process for plyometric training, and it's like, uh, learning how to land, learning how to jump and land, learning how to bound, like all these things. But your minimum, so if you're say if you have, you're an academy coach, and the minimum to be doing like proper plyometrics training is a double bodyweight back squat as your prerequisite.
1: So what I would recommend for assuming th- there's a good likelihood the person asking this question or people listening have a reasonably decent back squat, yeah, and we'll assume that. So we'll say first of all, we'll if they're weightlifters, powerlifters, or to some extent crossfitters, I would say just start by doing just body weight, unweighted squat jumps with nothing, yeah. Just don't even jump on a box, don't do depth jumps, don't no, do... No pausing at the bottom of the <clears throat> squat, just squat down and yeah, jump up. Just jump down, do sets of, five sets of five, do it twice a week and like be super like super patient with it, like would say literally give it like three to four months if not more. Yeah. Like the kind of, ex- I don't want to say, explosive forces you're putting on your tendons and so are, they're not resilient to it yet and tendons take a long time to develop to stuff. So you just want to get, you just want to get used to the motion like you can add speed later, and you can add kind of force later, but now just get used to jumping up and landing. getting used to the idea of moving your tr- body through a particular space that you would normally have moved through.
0: And and trying to exert force in ranges of motion you wouldn't really exert forces in usually. Yeah, like if you're a field athlete, you're never going to be jumping from the bottom of a squat. I would say, for any real athletes listening, it's probably best
1: to. It, it can be taken to the extreme with athletes. You do see kind of you know team athletes or athletics they, they kind of go a bit it, it sometimes it becomes their only training you know they becomes yeah. like plyometrics is the only reason to train yeah 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 so oftentimes it's better to kind of maybe pull back a bit yeah so take one kind of jump one particular like you do see single leg jumps obviously have a lot of use for
0: sprinters definitely and look there's a huge application for this for strength athletes for field athletes for uh everyone really liked you know, if you're, oh if 100% you're, if you're even if you're just like a, a run of the mill yeah. person going to a strength and conditioning gym you're in your late 40s you could still probably be doing some form of jumping or bounding yeah uh, I suppose like what we're saying is we're being very
1: cautious with it because it's very cautious yeah it
0: genuinely you know it tears can people
1: be. apart yeah like if you're doing like like full depth squat jumps with a bar your lower back integrity needs to be absolutely phenomenal like the sheer forces you're putting your lower back through with a weight on it, and through yeah. explosive movement like squat jumps would be incredibly high. You know, actually. So what there's um I think in the literature, oh, it's, it's maximum dynamic, the dynamic something hypothesis. Basically, long story short, it's the hypothesis that your own body weight is the best loading you can do for jump training to produce the most force. <clears throat> Now, there's a way more, there's a lot more to that. They're like yeah. there's, there's so much more, like, you have things like ground reactive forces, you have things like, if you're studying, like, people study, like, the use of inertia or the lack of inertia or the use of pulleys. And so things like, let's say, like, ground reactive forces for weightlifters is actually very applicable because you're pushing into the ground and that's, like, your prime mover in
0: weightlifting. And you're, when you're catching a cleaner, catching a snatch. Yeah. Like, you're driving up as you're, like... Receiving those ground reactive forces, if you get what I mean, yeah. Like you're moving your feet, you're just starting to receive reactive force, and then you're you're increasing that level of force exponentially as you catch the bear. Like
1: if you if you think about, so you think about how complex a snatch and a clean and jerk are, and like the amount of intramuscular coordination, balance, speed you need, you need basically all of these for jumps as well. Yeah. So it's not something like you wouldn't say. And I'm not picking the person asking the question, but I think it's a it's a common mistake a lot of people make, and it's not taking plyometric training as seriously as you would snatch or clean and jerk training. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say how do you introduce snatches in your training, and you'd be like, "Uh, oh, just do like four sets of three snatches." Yeah. You know, like when people ask powerlifters often ask us, and they're like, "Oh, how do I start with weightlifting?" And you're like, "Start with over squats." Yeah. And you'll find the coach. So I would take the same cautious approach with jumps because they can be a great tool to benefit your training, or you can just get tendonitis.
0: Yeah, I think people oftentimes add in jumps for, uh, like, a source of novelty that's not really needed. Yeah. Like, obviously we go very hard on people who are looking to do novel things in their training. Like, they want to do a bit of a jog, you know, just because they haven't jogged in ages. Or yeah. Like, Joe. Are you don't talking want about to? someone particular, Joe? <laughs> Joe? No, but, you know, like, when Joe. people look for novelty in training, there's nothing wrong with it, but you're taking away from actual training. Uh, and... Jumps probably aren't where you should go for that. If you're a weightlifter or a powerlifter, I really think getting good at bodyweight calisthenics is a great thing to add in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good novelty. You're not doing it in normal training, yet it will benefit your normal training afterwards. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who needs to add in jumps, like, say if that person now is like a football player, uh, field hockey player, whatever it is, and they're looking to add in jumps, you really do need to look at first look at landing mechanics then look at jumping mechanics then look at actual plyometric mechanics like rebound jumps and all that Mm -hmm. there's way more way more steps to learning good plyometrics than there is to learning good weightlifting
1: you know an example of how seriously you should be taking this is if you listen to our Kazakh mythology review they included depth jumps in their total volume so they gave a specific number of how much volume they were doing on depth jumps which will tell you how important they thought the exercise was and how useful it could be but how potentially detrimental loading it could be. Yeah. So I'd say even if you take a step back from even doing unweighted squat jumps you could take a look at just doing sprints and like ladder drills with your feet. You know those yeah. generic kind of What
0: if you're like if you're a strength athlete or a crossfit athlete For you, those particularly yeah, yeah for like for those three right or however many strengths sports there are now uh, ra- like pick a fairly short hill with like a 15 uh, a fifteen degree incline. So like very, very slight incline. Don't be going sprinting straight up hills or anything. Just like a nice gentle slope and do a good solid warm up and then do some 20 meter sprint repeats. That's a really nice way you'll yeah. get some like explosive athletic work in. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, and it, it it'll, it's it'll, not going to kill you. And you'll
1: kind of start the process of prepping your body for moving at speed through space yeah moving your feet like if you think about a powerlifter literally never move their feet it, they're entirely static movements basically not entirely static that's not fair yeah but it's it's uh, very slow sequencing yeah it's like
0: even f- even for weightlifting like John, you never do multiple repeated bouts of yeah. like really really fast contractions yeah you do two contractions and then you're done like
1: with powerlifting it's a sl- slow is a relative term here but yeah, it's a slow sequencing of firing of muscle fibres yeah it's like slow as in terms of but if you're doing like depth jumps like I'm still not able to do depth jumps right not from a, a power or like yeah, body yeah. perspective it's just a t- it's a really hard technique to do them right you know
0: but even like last week when you put those into the group chat yeah like they're not right no and you know they're not right yeah, yeah, but definitely. like it still takes time to be like okay yeah. I'm learning how to do these does my box have to be lower or higher? Do yeah. to I to spend more time trying to get higher or do I have to get lower with my jump and spend less time on the ground? Yeah. Like these are, like there's so many things to take into account. Crazy, man. Yeah. It's just on the thing, if you, if you are going to add in those sprints, yeah. it is important to find a slight uphill. Yeah. Especially when you're starting and it's not to make it harder, it's to stop you over accelerating or reaching too. So like for pure speed training you find a slight hill going down the ways Mm -hmm. and that will get you super maximal speed so then you're training yourself to be faster and that's how all the literature will say we get faster it's not by running with resistance Mm -hmm. it's by running with facilitative loading so it's making us faster so when you go training at the start the last thing you want to do is to train over speed you want to train slightly under speed Mm -hmm. uh, and then you can gradually start sprinting on flats and then, if you want to get fast, you you sprint on, slight downhills. If you um, if you're looking to be look,
1: like, if you're just going to be a dumbass anyway, you should go look at Warner Gunther on YouTube. He was a <laughs> a thrower from the eighties oh and nineties. And it's I remember watching those years ago. You plug that in there. Um, and it's just
0: absolute. it's amazing when plug in. in the, oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's if you're if you want to see some good play metrics or some exceptional spandex. <laughs> But the, he's so explosive Those guys didn't fuck around Like if you watch him He's
1: single leg Like single leg lunges Or single leg like Plyometric jumps you know There's Yeah a bit of interference there He's like Immediately hitting the ground And gone again Immediately hitting the ground Yeah Alright so the rest of that question is uh, Next training system review So We're waiting for Just slightly adjusting the wires So you might have to plug out the laptop again how much of the batteries left in it? Six? Yeah, it was a battery. Um We'll just let it die. Yeah. All right. So what we're gonna do next is we haven't really we haven't found a particular paper that's um uh, that has like given us some given us the heebie jeebies to talk about. No. We definitely will do them, we do enjoy them, but obviously we don't wanna just start picking random papers and reviewing them. Although we might do something like that. The not- other thing is... Yeah.
0: We won't do great reviews unless we're really interested in the paper. That's the problem. You know, like... If somebody finds, like, a powerlifting study that was done on not really trained males for 12 weeks... Yeah, it's no interest. And, yeah, like, we're not really that into it. Whereas, like, if one he comes across a paper that's, like, exceptionally interesting and it's about... uh. Eighteen
1: highly trained powerlifters who um added in fucking sarms into their diet, <laughs> you know, something like that, or are they added in like Sarah post-potentiation activation fucking shit into their training for twelve weeks, or are they you would. Uh, you just nine sprint, nine elite sprinters who yeah. added CBD into their diet, you know, or added fucking single leg jumps or something like that, which would yeah. be like elite performance kind of stuff.
0: If you come across one of those,
1: send it on. Uh, we might have one actually by Doctor Andy Galpin, who took a muscle biopsy and analyzed the muscle fiber composition oh, I've seen that. of weightlifters. He did obviously did do it alone, but he yeah. did it with a couple of people. Uh, we might do a little breakdown of that, um, some of the findings, because he did get some elite female weightlifters from Worlds. Um, no males from Worlds did it from, I think it was 2017, Worlds. Uh, yeah. They probably thought it was a secret doping
0: uh, analysis. The other thing is, like, yeah, if you're a professional weightlifter, you don't want to be giving away a chunk, chunks of your leg. Absolutely not. Mad that the females do it, because it's going to have less
1: muscle mass. Yeah. Um... They're what? trying to just make the scientific literature better, Owen. Where do I find weightlifting science? Um, Nowhere, uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, I Read so, some I'm, books. I'm currently ordering some
0: Soviet books from the 80s. Yeah, so I think where you start with this, right, is you see what level of knowledge you're trying to acquire. Yeah. So if it's like, if you've like, There's an no, undergrad no in, books, in No. If you've like, <laughs> an undergrad in something to do with science and you understand like, basic muscle physiology, you understand periodization and programming, if you understand nutrition surrounding it, if you understand uh, youth development and like athletic development, if you understand uh, fairly high level biomechanics, like all of these are good areas to delve into on their own before you ever start looking for weightlifting specific. If you're someone who has like that kind of requisite level of knowledge, uh, I think the place you start going is like is where Garf spends his time. And that's like that sporting V. Press or whatever the name it is. Uh, so you're looking for weightlifting specific studies and you're just reading the scientific literature on those studies. So, like, you're not, it it's not going to be a book you find. It's not going to be uh, like a series of articles on a weekly basis. It's more than likely just going to be uh, this study. You read that paper, see what it says. Go look at the references of the papers if you can find them. Yeah. Um
1: there's not a lot of great modern weightlifting basically. There's not a lot of great modern weightlifting papers or science that's that's really to be honest, not something the Sibans have not already done in the eighties. And I know that sounds kind of mean, but it's I feel it will come in the future. I think there'll be if weightlifting is able to stay a sport, I think there'll be a bit more um, legitimate science done. But at the moment, people are kind of picking the low-hanging fruit even though the low-hanging fruit was picked by the Soviets in the 70s and 60s probably. Yeah. And obviously that's no judgment. You, When you're looking for research grants, you need to have, you know, there's so much effort gone into it and you, like finding people and stuff like there's a massive amount of work and that's not this and anyone doing any studies. Yeah. I haven't fucking done any studies so I'm not going <laughs> to talk shit on people, you know, but I'm just saying if you're looking at it from a, an academic point of view and trying to learn,
0: I wouldn't probably go look for in science if you're trying to learn. No, I there's... So much better, like, legitimate science that's been done on all the areas of weightlifting that you need to know. Yeah. Like, go study some biomechanics of sprinting and biomechanics of strength training, the biomechanics yeah. of the squat. You can, there's books and books on biomechanics of squatting. Go read those. Like, a lot of um,
1: biomechanics, a lot of, or sorry, a lot of the, like, the theories around some of weightlifting are just inferred from from biomechanics of sprinting and jumping so like jumping is is, vertical height jump is massively related to your performance in weightlifting so vertical jump height there's there's no reason you can't go look at like vertical jump papers or or how do you get a better like so loads of people have done studies on like you'll have studies done on like just quarter squats and their effect on like vertical jump or you'll have like single leg jumps done like there's massive amounts of stuff there that you can go look at it just depends what rabbit hole you want to go down
0: yeah and then I think if it is something that you want to get really weightlifting specific knowledge go to the athletes who are doing interviews or like podcasts or whatever now mm-hmm. just listen to what they're doing. Most of the time you don't get it, the truth. You'll get like morsels of truth here and there just because they're currently competing and they can't be like oh this is what we did to win this medal. Uh, but like go and listen to what they're saying listen to what their coaches say Uh be very very skeptical skeptical of everything that comes out of someone's mouth and especially if someone was like associated with an athlete and now they sell training fucking books yeah like John yeah like someone selling a chinese camp who's probably not ever been involved so with we, the chinese camp
1: you have um so but people i think when people give interviews like that they don't even mean to do it they'll be like no 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 and I never do any press in my training
0: Yeah. whereas they might press like once a week or, <laughs> or sometimes it's kind of or else they've done it like they've done it for five years between the ages of 12 and 17 and now they have yeah. an amount of pressing yeah. straight that they don't need and they're like no bro weightlifters never press
1: yeah or they'll be like what can you press and they'll be answering the question literally like I don't know I have don't press <laughs> But what they didn't say might be, I pressed for eight years when I was younger, it was 10% of my training volume.
0: Yeah. And if I, if I pressed for three weeks now, I'd probably press 110.
1: Yeah. Like that's what they never say. So I would just, um, you just have to kind of, you're going to have to like disseminate the information into your brain yeah. in the most, um, skeptical way possible. I didn't really think about concepts and then listen to the Secret Strength podcast. Uh, someone just said gear and CrossFit. We actually, we had made a little ramble on doping there that we haven't, Dara, Dara, we, Dara hasn't uploaded. Dara, Jesus Dara, Dara hasn't uploaded. It'll be up there by now. Oh, is that the one you're putting up? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, Wait. long story short. Is that last week's one? Um, we did how to audit your training and ramble on doping. um Oh, that's going up today. What's going up today? Yeah. Ramble on doping or audit your training.
0: That's the same one, isn't it? No, no, they're separate. Are they separate? What did you put up? I don't know. Did you edit it? Yeah.
1: You just can't remember? Doesn't matter. Anyway, either. it'll be up. While we talk about gear and <laughs> CrossFit. It's so basically 2023 by the time this is going up. We um we just kind of discussed basically our views on doping in general a little bit and uh, some of the recent revelations with the IWF. LIF. Are we sure they're talking about gear and not sleeves, belts, I think knee sleeves? gear is widely accepted vernacular now as um, meaning oh maybe it's possible Jesus that'd be awkward now Um, (laughs) just uh, check there I can't check I'm gonna
0: give my oh maybe not Um, well that was my two cents on performance at Antic Drugs and CrossFit is you're probably not in the top careful now you're probably not at the games unless you're doping careful um, it's possible. I, yeah. No, there is definitely one
1: or two who are freaks. Okay, and they don't know it. You're probably. I just, not, uh, I just eat peanut butter, and I just fucking
0: got to the games. You know, I would be very, 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 very surprised. I know. It's if the top fifty percent of athletes at the CrossFit Games were clean.
1: Yeah. Oh no, there's no way. Absolutely not. Nice. And
0: it's like within the community of people who understand what how sport is. Yeah. And like. Oh, no, this... like the biggest CrossFit fans in the world are listening. Let me put in there now for a second. And they're like, no way! And I'm the biggest CrossFit fan in the world and I've been to the games three times. And yeah. I, like, if you just understand how synonymous doping is with... Sport. Professional sport. Every single professional sport in the world. The bridge world champion has just lost his title, I think maybe in 2018. Bridge. Like playing carrots. Testosterons. Uh, yeah, for taking testosterone and some other stuff. You've got doping in golf. You've got doping in darts. Shooting. You've got doping in snooker. You've got doping in target shooting and archery. You've got doping in every single sport you can imagine. And if you could tell me of a sport where you get paid to do it and doping isn't an issue, I will... Uh, I'm not going to say I'll bet you money. Yeah. But if you can message us with a sport that's 100% clean... There's no way. I take my hat off to you, but I think the caveat there—it's
1: important to note that while these may be the facts, it's in, in no way a judgment on people's Fuck, character, no. on uh, on what people are doing. I think people mistake that sometimes when people talk about doping. Maybe I don't think it mistakes when we say it because we do say it an awful lot, but we're not literally not judging and we're not being like these are
0: Jesus. We couldn't ter- care less.
1: Terrible people. Yeah. Just saying, you know, the realities of the situation is what we're trying to. Well, it's the reality of that particular sport is that. It's a
0: sport designed for, designed for doping. Okay, now if you mean gear as in equipment, <laughs> uh, which hopefully wasn't the case, but anyway. I'd recommend getting a lighter belt than you'd use for a powerlifting, so not not a very, very wide and thick leather belt. Do you know what? I've got a better, I've got even a better recommendation. Now.
1: Get your own fucking belt. What? Get your own belt. Crossfitters are notorious. They just love you, not you. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I was like, no. where the fuck is this coming from? Get used to use your own belt and get a belt that suits yes. you so you can be consistent Buy in training. One. I definitely rec- recommend if you're going to be in the sport for a while mm-hmm. that you get yourself a leather belt, get it like well worn in so you know it, you know the feel of the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, people love the the Velcro ones. They yeah. go on really easily during wads and during comps. If you're somebody who's regularly doing competitions and stuff like that. They're great. They are great. and But you're just probably going to have to replace the belt once every maybe year or two, depending how much you're using it.
1: Harbinger. Make a good velcro
0: belt actually and they're very cheap. I think you can get like 30 euro. Yeah. Um the strength shop make a good belt to do, yeah. It's still really cheap. And it's just something that like, look, if, if that's the style of belt you need, you just need to be able to accept that you're gonna have to replace it after a certain amount of time. I would say get
1: have seven mil knee sleeves, but also get a pair like if a love spending money, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> get a pair of five mil knee sleeves too if you want. So you might have some wads like lunch and stuff. And they a five mil, a very tin knee sleeve would come in handy for that where kind of thing.
0: Like, where I go first is get your SPDs yeah. for your squatting and your strength work. For sure. And then get a pair of ray Vans. But, like, don't buy... So Ray-Bans, those...
1: Sell individual knee sleeves, though. Well. Yeah.
0: So they're, like, they're great, knee sleeve or whatever, and they were the first ones around, really, in CrossFit. But, like, every single company copies them now. So get a cheaper pair. Yeah, Rock Tape
1: is the one... You see all the crossers wearing Yeah They're so obviously like, dirt cheap
0: Yeah Get a, a set of those Or get a set of like Strength Shop 5 mil or less uh, Neoprene knee sleeves And they're just good for like As you said Like reverse lunges Or whatever you're going to be doing Yeah like if you are
1: smash your knee Off the ground for time <laughs> It's handy to have a bit of cushioning But you don't or want Or like
0: if you're doing like 150 wall balls for time or something Exactly You can't really wear a full on SPD Balls to the wall S P D look and uh, next one is i hope there's nothing bad in the background of that video i uh, know it's probably
1: not is there a gun behind my head not anymore <laughs> um says sterons just talked about that super total so if that's in relation to our super total it's still so i mentioned this in one of my stories like we've promised other programs first and the super total won't yeah. be for a while now a while might be three or four months but next up in the very very short term is, is the Seeker Press programme and then we will have we're just going to be changing our powerlifting programme but that doesn't really count I suppose
0: and I suppose the next new one after that then is like Seeker Body Armour or whatever it's going to be with the that's going to be great yeah and Super Total will probably be the last um,
1: and then the short term in the short term of the business in terms of programmes because it's going to be um, it's kind of evolving in our heads and we've been thinking about it for a long time and obviously we don't want to do anything shit.
0: We're kind of bouncing between as well, like whether you do blocks yeah. and you do like powerlifting, focus tipping away on weightlifting or whether it's all concurrent or whether it should be concurrent, what you're still doing, building phases and, and decrease phases in the other one.
1: I'd say it's, it's probably going to be concurrent. Concurrent, yeah. Because that's people, what people want. Because I think a lot of, there's a lot of people, will, loads of amateur people who will never compete in weightlifting now who just want to do a bit of snatch S- clean and clean jerk.
0: Snatchy booze. But keep their
1: strength off, you know? Yeah. And stay yacked. It'll also be a little bit. It'll be a harder program than others because they'll
0: just, by nature, have to be more volume. Yeah, in terms of intensity and volume, I think it's going to resemble something a lot more similar to our crossfit program. Yeah, like our crossfit program is it'll pro- very difficult. It'll pro-
1: but they don't. They don't think it's, they love it. They don't think it's difficult.
0: Yeah, we always just get an email at the start though, being like, "Oh my god, can't yeah. wait."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think the super total maybe five days as well, which would be the first of our programs. Yeah, and it just by nature, will have to be. Um. Next one is functional movement coaches, aka ZT's or uh, Zach the Anders story. Who's going to be on the podcast tomorrow? Woo woo. So basically, the, I, you, I know you didn't see it, but there was just he shared this <laughs> video of this coach comparing Matt Fraser and um a Polish one of two one of nine lifter in snatches, and he was on about like the the raw me. She was talking was absolute. Just what was he saying? Oh, well, he was saying saying stuff like um. Oh, you here we have like knee and ankle collapse, and he's like throwing his ribcage under, or his hip under his ribcage, <laughs> and he's got like, like he's doing God reverse movements, and he needs to like forward scale his move with the, oh, just all this absolute, just complete knowledge. It was like,
0: that reminds me of, it's remember big, when Matt Fraser did the 140 snatch? Yeah. And he did it in a, he did it in a pair of like those, uh, old Adidas, uh, Power Perfect is it? No. Joe, yeah. you know the one with the red heel. Was it a weightlifting shoe Or a CrossFit yeah, shoe Yeah yeah The weightlifting shoe So he didn't know The shoes were untied He like Caught it So it was a nice enough snatch Right he caught it It was a good snatch And he stayed there With his tongue stuck out Yeah And he just like stood up Like it was nothing right And then I remember the videos Coming out from like Joe, Like the normal CrossFit pages Like Trying to justify it That like Oh he's after PBing He's better at snatching Now than he was When he was in the Olympic training centre Careful in no case He comes on the podcast ever <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, Yeah. I wonder why maybe beep, he's able to <laughs> beep 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 beep. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a similar situation. It was cool one anyway. um, on, yeah. What's
1: he clean the games like one eighty two or something, was it? Yeah. He's a very um I think we're gonna do we're gonna do good, gonna do a good YouTube video on the breakdown of kind of elite a cross for weightlifting technique and the problems how no, you might fix them because it kind of trickles down because people in CrossFit have a habit of um,
0: doing lots of things, emulating their more. heroes,
1: Yeah, which is luckily in weightlifting our heroes are all good weightlifters, so you can kind of, ah, th- well. the trickle down is the best. Yeah, bit... but
0: if you were like watching weightlifters from the late 80s, we would have the same issues that they have now.
1: Ah, uh, no, they had they had way better world records than we have.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, but they <laughs> had shit technique.
1: No, they didn't. No, there's a lot of good technique Don't make me take out the internet Absolutely not Kakis Ca- Cacus really was a good example there recently <laughs> He's phenomenal technique A lot of them did have good
0: technique Next question
1: uh, I think that's it for our um, I think we're just going to record some Q&As now on the, For the old Instagram Right um, Thanks else? very oh, actually, much Actually, no, hang on We'll pick one random one from my story That I just put up there
0: and, Do, and, yeah uh, Make sure it's a goodie Fucking I've a monologue left in me What?
1: Um, Anything you want to talk about there What I'm looking
0: This is So if you're watching this on YouTube uh, You're in the actual Sika Cave So this is the The highly ergonomic workspace Where everything gets done Surrounded by stag's heads
1: (laughs) Um, Oh you like this one Yes How many series and reps Should I do with push-up And bodyweight exercises
0: Series Basically sets Probably yeah With what? Body weights and push ups
1: Body weight uh, exercises Slash push up exercises So like What kind of
0: So I'm assuming they're Powerlifter or weightlifter Probably And using it as accessory work So A lot like The The great go to Would be like Push ups And uh, Chin ups Super You're probably doing them After your session uh, And you might have a day off The next day So I wouldn't ever go more than Kind of Six or eight sets Definitely not. And then what I'd like to see is rather than doing really, really high reps in the push-ups, unless you're in like a super specific phase, you should be doing between eight and 12 reps if you're looking for like hypertrophy and then maybe adding in weight to the push-ups over the course of five or six weeks, depending on how good you are. So rather than just being like, oh, I can fucking crush push-ups for sets of 20 and doing five sets of that, I'd say maybe do like six six or eight sets of 10 uh, and just have like, two 20 kilo plates on your back depending on how strong you are I do something similar with the pull ups or the chin ups Uh, I think especially for the weightlifters do them as chin ups with a supinated grip and kind of really enforce that hanging position at the bottom with your ribs pulled down you'll just get some extra like free uh, mobility work uh, in at the bottom do you you want to add to that one? I actually don't yeah I think like especially with the chin ups we get some added benefit aside from the the volume we're adding and the the hypertrophy work we're doing you can actually work on opening up like opening up positions that are very very tight for a lot of people opening up the lats and not doing too much volume that we're going to tighten up the lats then afterwards someone says how
1: do i balance 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 all my training and work and seeking on the crack
0: how do you do it yeah Uh, I think you're very disciplined Yeah, and you just don't do anything else
1: no that's the problem (laughs) I'd literally do nothing else
0: like for me I just don't train a lot (laughs) (laughs) for you you train a lot do a lot of work with Sika and then you have a full time job yeah if it's me as somebody who's looking in from the outside and you ask me how Owen balances it he just does a lot of work and doesn't do anything else
1: literally nothing else
0: I'd say well like you might hang out once a week yeah for like <laughs> totally two hours maybe and it's like if you're hanging out it's like hanging out in gaff. yeah and like eating food yeah just a- like doing the th- stuff you'd be doing at home anyway and then like oh jeez it's ten o'clock, 10 o'clock. 10
1: o'clock. better yeah, be getting on yeah I think it's um, I would say ex- discipline extreme discipline yeah Um. Like if you For example Would take If you were to take a, a symptom of how much TV You watch It would probably be Less than an hour a month Yeah Unfortunately Because there's a lot of the Netflix things There's a new thing on pandemic I want to watch How to prevent an influenza Oh I saw that
0: Five part series I haven't watched it I I just, It's yeah. actually Buffering on the telly Downstairs I think my parents Are going to watch it Get out of town Yeah
1: Like when people are like You know it takes me Like See a month in China Oh, don't want let's not talk about it. SARS is back. That's not, no, it's worse than SARS.
0: By the time you hear this, the world could be on fire. Stop it. (laughs) Australia's after spreading. We've enough equipment here to be alright. This will be uh, ground zero.
1: Like, it took me like a month to watch The Witcher. Whereas people are like, I watched
0: that in a day. Yeah, I can't. Do you know what I do hate, though? Do you know what? The Witcher was ruined for me. Because I don't like that stuff anyway. And you and Ian both said it. You're like, Fitz. Yeah. It's going to be a bit too far fetched for you. It's a bit too... Yeah. And I was like, oh, I kind of got in on the Game of Thrones buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I can kind of keep going with this, you know, if I put a bit of effort in and I kind of enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And then he just went absolutely... So the whole thing with The Witcher was that he was like stone cold and he doesn't have any feelings. And then he met this bird and he fell in love with her two weeks later. Yeah. And then That's the whole story. Oh my god. It's but look, how can that be the story when the whole thing But he's stone
1: cold still now?
0: Yeah. But there's no point being stone cold and then falling in love like a fourteen year old boy who's just seen a girl for the first time. But she was stone cold as well. But what like yeah so this is the, this is the huge issue with it you can't be stone cold killer then 14 year old lad who's after just kissing a girl for the first time and goes mental there for a few weeks and then she breaks up with him and he's stone cold again
1: because he got heart he was like wait a minute no fuck that but the
0: whole thing is he can't get hurt to one and this is the huge plot. no but it's character development how is a character development? He's supposed to be made, but uh, no, do you know what? We're they're unmuting him. No, no, we're okay, I have f- one point to get back to. Go on. Joe, you know I do hate though, is I absolutely
1: disgust me when people talk about how hard they work. You know, like Kevin Hart, the Wayne Johnson thing that makes me people watch, you know, like Kevin Hart documentary. Yeah, and Fanula's watching it and I watched a little bit about it, and is. it just makes me sick. It's disgusting. Don't tell me,
0: party had the best line ever. Yeah, and he goes, What's grinding? And we're like, Oh, it's when people put up, he's like, That's just when people work. And talk about it, isn't it? It makes me sick. Oh my
1: god. I don't, like... Oh, it just, um... it's um, like makes it, me almost as sick as that fucking shit storyline in The Witcher. <sighs> He's went there. Like, you know, I would never bring up anything. Like, you do a lot of stuff, but the only fact that someone asked me there... And I know people do find it hard to balance, but... Like, it genuinely is, I just don't do anything else. But I don't want to do anything else, I think, it's the most important part there. Like, I'm not sacrificing anything. But, but yeah I don't but they talk about like sacrifices if it's like you know just fucking ruining my family cheating on my wife <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you know I don't I don't like there's nothing else I want to do but the thing is it's like yeah you're and if you I could, wait you yeah. could have answered that question and be like yeah I I don't spend time at home I don't watch TV I yeah. don't go uh, out drinking yeah. I don't go like out eating in fancy restaurants that's how like yeah. Someone would have answered that question if they were like, yeah, god grinder. Like, yeah, uh, but when it's just somebody who's getting a lot of work done, yeah. they're just like, oh, I just do the work. And then, uh, and then I do I,
1: more work of my time. It's like, <laughs> oh, if I can go on a Saturday and we go looking for deer or something, yeah, like once every <clears throat> month, I'm like, that's like, I'm happy with that. Or I go to the yeah. cinema maybe once every three weeks or something, yeah, you know, it's just, um, I don't, I don't, you don't want to be that person, no. And we're only going to have more work as it goes on with Seek as well, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's not like it's going to go away.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> All right, let's end this shit right. show. And a battery survived. That's just, I can't believe that.
0: No, sure, so I plugged it in? That's why we moved oh, it. If you're um, watching this on the YouTube and we had to do a little move halfway through, mm-hmm. it was because we tried to plug the laptop in and then there's interference from the podcast machine. So we had to move it over so the was, camera would be somewhere else. It was the uh, magnetic field generated by electric current interfering with the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I think there's... Stuff you can get that you like wrap around the cable that stops at. Lead. No, no, it's not. It's like a. Lead paint. Radioactive lead paint. <sighs> Fuck, what is it?
1: Anyway. It's probably some kind of um, coating, is it?
0: No, it's like a little. Clamp. Clamp. It's just an insulator, I'd imagine.
1: Clamp brownie. It's no insulator. Yeah. Um, you'll know if Star as well. The light is over there because that Star's makeup light
0: my makeup light yeah this is my fixing things light they can't see that you can also change the colour phase. look at this
1: oh to a soft like um, sodium chloride light this is a soft light this is what we use when we're writing
0: (laughs) but I don't like that I like white
1: is there any blue light filter
0: no? white light clinical I have that grey thing where I can just drink as much coffee as I need and shine bright lights into my eyes until one o'clock in the morning and then I just fall instantly asleep. Cut it there. (laughs) Thanks, guys.